are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, and thanks for joining us as we go through the all 22 reactions from the game against Seattle. There's some news to tackle as well, but today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. We need to start with the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through on game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real general t- generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. We watched some football over the course of this week, continuing this charting project for the Miami Dolphins offense. We watched the defense. I'm not charting defense, but I'm making notes, grinding the tape as my Twitter handle indicates. I am grinding the all 22, taking the deep dive on the Miami Dolphins. But before we get into closing the book on Seattle, a couple of things that are worth our attention, including some praise from another coach who knows a little something about rebuilds. San Francisco 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan offered praise for the Miami Dolphins during a meeting with the South Florida media, stating that Brian Flores has a very good team. They play hard. They obviously believe in him and they believe in each other. When you're close in every game that you play, that means you're not far off. That holds some weight coming from Shanahan considering Kyle Shanahan was 10-22 and 22 in his first two seasons as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers before experiencing a 13-3 season and an NFC championship in year three. The San Francisco 49ers in 2018, Shanahan's second season, were defeated six times in one-score contests. They lost six one-score games. Shanahan knows all about being close but not being able to finish. The Dolphins thus far this season have lost two one-score games by three to Buffalo and by eight to the Seattle Seahawks. This is a bit of perspective that I do try my best to keep for Dolphins fans who are frustrated. This season is off to a little bit of a slower start from wins and loss perspective than what I was hoping to see for the Dolphins and what many Dolphins fans were hoping to see from the Dolphins. But that does not make the progress that this team has been making non-existent. It just means it's not netting the end result. And when you take into consideration everything else that's been going on this offseason with COVID-19 and the lack of a traditional preseason, exhibition games, training camp was abbreviated, it's easy to see how communication issues and growing pains are more prevalent for a young team now than they would even be in your typical year. But the perspective that Kyle Shanahan can bring to the Miami Dolphins is significant. His first year, they won one game before the month of December. They finished the season 6-10. and Dolphins obviously start 0-7. They finished the year 5-4, and four, finished 5-11 in their first season under Brian Flores. We're four games into Brian Flores' second season. Shanahan's second season in San Francisco, the team won two games before the month 
of December, and they won four games total, including those six games that they lost by one score. The Dolphins, 1-3 and three right now, on pace for an equal 4-12 and 12 record. I think they'll be better than that, but that's what they're on pace for right now, and you are what your record says you are. Having lost two one-score football games. We're following a script, and we're undeniably getting better. The question is, can the Dolphins take anything close to the same step forward in year three, assuming the Dolphins don't flip the script here and take the step forward before the end of this season? Well, if this team again finishes 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, you will inevitably have some who indicate the Dolphins are stuck in neutral. That is not true. It's very clearly not true. The team, the, the rebuild is not complete, but the team is much better. If the Dolphins can take anything close to the step forward that the San Francisco 49ers took with their step forward in their year three under their head coach and Kyle Shanahan, the Dolphins and Brian Flores will have very many doubters uh, suddenly silent by the end of the 2021 season. That is a blueprint the Dolphins can aspire to follow. Not dissimilar to another division rival in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills overachieved their first year under Sean McDermott. They regressed in year two. By year three, they were a 10-win football team and back in the playoffs again. There are clear examples of a wins regression does not necessarily lead to sweeping changes have to be made because the person that's in place is not the answer. Perspective to keep for Dolphins fans and something to keep in the back of your mind as we see this 2020 season play out. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the past 20 years. So whether you're looking for new carpet, brake lights, motor oil, engine control modules, whatever, for either your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog. And in just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all of your auto parts needs. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you, and you can get everything you need in one easy-to-navigate place. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to help support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your local communities. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Another bit of news that is worth our discussion before we get into all 22 breakdowns from the Seattle game, the Dolphins injury report has some fresh faces on it and some things we're going to need to monitor. Uh, Wednesday report came out. We have heard from Brian Flores this morning uh, before I'm recording, so we do have some updates. But the Wednesday report had three did-not-participates and three limited participations. 
The limited participations, Devontae Parker, Solomon Kinley, and Byron Jones. Byron Jones, no surprise, he hasn't played since week two. The good news is he's a limited participant on Wednesday. He didn't get to limited participant status until Friday last week and ultimately did not play. If he could participate in practice all week long, there's some hope that potentially you could see Byron Jones play week five against San Francisco. Kinley, not a surprise. He's been battling some foot soreness. Uh, they've been working with him, and I thought he played really well. Not to put the cart before the horse here, talk about all 22 from Seattle, but I thought he played really well against Seattle. Uh, Devontae Parker tweaked his ankle against Seattle, came back, caught 10 passes in that football game. No surprise that he's at least a limited participant. They're going to let him take it easy for a couple days. The did not participate. Austin Jackson, foot. Shaq Lawson, shoulder slash illness. Tight end Durham Smythe, knee. There's some storylines to watch here. Austin Jackson, Brian Flores did not sound enthusiastic about his potential to play. Uh, he made it sound as though the team is prepping other linemen to be able to step into the lineup against San Francisco. Jackson has played up and down, but he's played better than expected if you told me he was going to be a week one starter for the Miami Dolphins. He had a foot issue that came up. He took himself out of the game. He came back in the game. He took himself back out again. So this may be something that, that gives him trouble for a, a little while. Uh, Dolphins bracing for potentially their first change after four consecutive games of the same starting five along the offensive line. Options here. We'll get into options in just a moment after we talk about Shaq Lawson. Shoulder slash illness, Brian Flores said this morning, Lawson is feeling better from his illness. It's not COVID-related. They expect him back at practice tomorrow. So he should be fine. Uh, he ran off the field after sacking Russell Wilson. Last week, went in the locker room, came back out, and was otherwise fine. Uh, Durham Smythe, kind of out of nowhere, with a knee issue. Um, his absence would be a domino effect for the Dolphins. That would obviously include more snaps for Adam Shaheen. But it also may change the Dolphins' usage of Mike Gusecki. That'll be the challenger. Do you bring up Chris Myrick, who's also... Uh, kind of just an athletic receiving type anyway. Dolphins, we're, we're going to have to monitor that one for Durham Smythe. We'll keep a close eye on that for today. We'll see what Brian Flores says tomorrow. How did the Dolphins play musical chairs along the offensive line? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. There's a couple options here. We could take Julian Davenport and just put him at left tackle. That's probably what I would advocate for. Keep Eric Flowers, Ted Karras, Solomon Kinley, Jesse Davis all the way across the board. You're facing a team in San Francisco that's not going to have Nick Bosa. It's not going to have D Ford. It's not going to have Solomon Thomas. Like, thank goodness from a Dolphins matchup perspective, those guys are not on the docket because if they were, O'Nelly would be in trouble. We'd be in trouble. But they're not playing this week. So the edge rush from San Francisco is watered down because of injuries. Julian Davenport, I think, is perfectly capable as a swing sixth offensive lineman on your team. Swing tackle. The other alternative here is to take Jesse Davis and put him at left tackle and then put Robert Hunt at right tackle. The appeal, I think you get more ceiling in the run game. The red tape is now you're starting two rookies side by side. And to be quite frank with you, 
the Dolphins have not had a lot of success working to the right side of their offensive line in the run game. They haven't. Kinley and Jesse Davis do an excellent job of blocking the A level of the defense, which means they are, you know, stepping down, double teaming on a defensive tackle. But when you do that, you are inevitably responsible for two bodies in the box. And it is very rare to see those guys work off of the A-level defender and go pick up the guy they're supposed to pick up on the B-level. And too often you see linebackers scooting in free into gaps off the right side, knifing in, free runners off the edge, off the backside of run plays because they're not closing the door. It's super frustrating. It is super frustrating to watch Miami try to block up the run game. They're struggling. They're scrapping. They have had an uptick in rushing offensively, 87, 99, 138, and 103. It's okay. They're not imposing their will, uh, but they are ultimately getting some semblance of movement in the ground game. The Dolphins only had consecutive games last season with 100-plus rushing yards in two games, uh, Jets and Giants back-to-back. They had 122 yards rushing in both of those games. So for us to be four games in and to already have consecutive 100-yard rushing efforts from the offense, okay, I'll take it. You know, the team as a whole averaging four yards a carry, it's up from last year. It's another indication that there's improvement to be had. But when you watch the All-22, this right side of the offensive line, they're, you have two guys stuck on the same body way too often. They got to hit their landmarks. You got to climb. You got to pick up that linebacker. You got to prevent easy penetration coming in off the edge. Granted, there are some instances in which teams are just flooding the box against the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are trying to run into heavy box counts. But even then, like they're not taking the two most dangerous defenders. So I think there's plenty of room for improvement on the right side of the offensive line in the run game. But does putting two rookies next to each other produce that result for you, or are you opening the door for more headaches? I guess we'll find out. If the Dolphins do choose to put Jesse Davis at left tackle and Robert Hunt at right tackle, I think it speaks to where they feel Robert Hunt is, and it's just a matter of apprehension on their part as they try to find the best five to put two rookies side by side. That's not the best group of five and not the best unit. Listen, we have talked about our affinity for Built Bar on this show plenty of times, but Built has a new product, Built Go, and it makes you the best you at whatever you do. You can break through whatever your personal wall is, whether it's mental or physical, you can break through it with Go every day. It's easy to take in a one and a half ounce package. You can stuff it in your back pocket. You can put it in your briefcase. You can put it in your golf bag. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, or my personal favorite, chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast, and it's easier on your stomach. Built Go is loaded with the good stuff, beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine, and it keeps you going strong with B6 and B12. 
Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. So what stood out on the tape when we watched, rewatched, unfortunately, uh, Miami's 31-23 defeat at the hands of the Seattle Seahawks? You can probably guess this was one of those games you could probably guess a lot of what's going to be said just by watching the television copy. Ryan Fitzpatrick did not play a good football game. There were ample instances of players coming open that were not targeted with the football. So while I understand Brian Flores' perspective of the quarterback situation in Miami and, and stating that Fitz still gives you the best chance to win, and Seattle, you tip your cap to them. Uh, while they have been a porous defense this past year, and while they were missing Jamal Adams and Quentin Dunbar, they picked up tendencies of Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they played games with him into prompting him into throwing the ball exactly where they wanted him to throw it. And, and that's kind of the book on Fitz, and that's the downside of Fitz, is better coached football teams do have the opportunity to manipulate and dictate Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's what you saw against Seattle. Uh, along the offensive line, I thought we played okay. Uh, I'm, I'm really encouraged by the continued play of Solomon Kinley, uh, who is on the injury report, limited with the, uh, the foot issue, but he has been super physical. And against a physical front, even though Seattle doesn't have like a bunch of stars up front. They're heavy-handed, they're physical, and Kinley has really good tape and flashes of winning at the point of attack, moving forward, winning on double teams, winning in pass protection one-on-one, -on -one, not giving up penetration, strong hands, looking for work, when he's uncovered in pass protection, all this stuff stands out when you watch him in all the best possible ways. So really pleased to see him continuing to come into his own the way that he is. Uh, we've already talked earlier today about uh, some of the issues with the double teams with Jesse Davis. And Solomon, you know, some of it's a natural restriction. As a bigger guy, he's not going to have long-reaching range. So the anticipation level has to improve. In one-on-ones, I thought he really stood out in all the best possible ways. Continue to be encouraged by what we see there. Uh, the tight end situation for the Dolphins, uh, as from a blocking perspective, is such a headache. It is such a headache, guys. Um, way too many instances of slipped blocks by defenders along the edge, along the perimeter, even Chandler Cox to a lesser degree. But you watch Miami try and block defensive ends and stand up outside linebackers with their tight ends. And there's just a constant barrage of missed blocks, poor hands. Miami needs to get that spot upgraded big time. If, you, if they want to run the 12 personnel and spacing that they do, you know, hopefully as the offensive line gets a little better, and more consistent and more experienced, they'll be able to run with more success out of 11, 
with Gusecki on the field. But if they can't, and they're trying to do this kind of quasi-hybrid thing with Isaiah Ford, and there was a lot of Durham Smythe this past week, it's not... The ceiling here is low. So... I'll be interested if Durham Smythe ends up not playing, if Adam Shaheen takes those reps, what he can afford differently versus what we've seen thus far. Um, or we need to start using Robert Hunt as as our sixth offensive lineman and do play-action passing and running out of that and go with 12 personnel with Gusecki on the field and Robert Hunt and not put Robert Hunt out into routes and just leave him in the block. Those are the options. But that that's that's where we're at. Is it's it's not working and, and it kills a lot of runs because a lot of these guys, they're in position. Some early penetration from somewhere forces it back to get off script. And because this penetration off the edge is getting in so fast, it's killing a lot of these run plays. Throughout the entire month of the season, not just Seattle. Defensively. Thought Emmanuel Ogba played his best football game. I know I mentioned that already. I want to give credit and tip my cap to Bobby McCain. Uh, I know we haven't been the biggest advocate of Bobby as a long-term fixture at free safety. Uh, He showed good toughness coming back into this football game after getting shook up with a big hit on third down to dislodge a ball from DK Metcalf, which is no small feat. Uh, Bobby played one of his personal better games at free safety for the Dolphins against Seattle, going back to 2019. Uh, Noah, I'm not going to beat the horse to death. He did not play well. And Russell found him. Russell found him on the touchdown drive when they went from up two to up nine before the interception that took him up to 16. And uh, the gaff before the half is inexplicable. I mean, there's no... Awareness, right? You're playing deep third. You got two vertical routes. You got to divide them. He can't jump on the dig route inside and try and what intercept the ball when it's going into your help. You've got help down there. The linebackers in coverage were. We should not be surprised if we see multiple investments this off season into coverage options. Um, it's just that that B level of the defense. There's so many voids right now. Uh, and, and I understand, you know, Russ puts you in such a difficult spot. And so does Lockett and Metcalf. And then the run game, too. But Miami got kind of moved into un- disadvantageous alignments trying to cover everything. And Seattle, with a really efficient offense and an MVP caliber quarterback, he makes you pay. So as we look forward for San Francisco, we've talked about how there's less MVP caliber quarterbacks on the schedule for the next eight weeks, thank goodness. Uh, and hopefully, without those high-level players operating opposing offenses, Miami can kind of get their feet underneath them a little bit. Because I think there's there, there's enough talent here to make a lot of this work. But when you hit buzzsaws like MVP caliber quarterbacks, they're going to put you through the ringer. And that's exactly what you saw Seattle do. That's what you saw Buffalo do. Obviously, Miami had much more success against Gardner Minshew. We'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo ends up playing for San Francisco. There's some speculation that he could play, he could not play. But that's for tomorrow. Locked on 49ers crossover comes tomorrow. We're also going to build a game plan to potentially beat 
the San Francisco 49ers. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host. Thanks, as always, for listening.